0: Bendigo Business Stories podcast, produced by B Bendigo, acknowledges the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognises the continuing connection to lands, waters, and community. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the elders, past, present, and emerging. Welcome to our mental health and wellbeing series as part of the Bendigo Business Stories podcast, proudly produced by B Bendigo and supported by the Victorian Government. Well-being at work is becoming increasingly important for a new generation of post-pandemic workers. Join me, your host Kimberley Finesse, as we talk to local experts, leaders, and business operators about stories of well-being, resilience, and good business practices. More and more professionals, and especially micro and small business owners, often operate from the heart of their home. Their path is not without challenges. The isolation, the self-reliance, the financial struggles and the constant juggling of work, personal and family life. It's a tough balancing act. That's where this podcast comes in. We're here to tell their stories and to recognise what it takes to not only survive, but thrive in business. We look forward to introducing you to our special guest. Hello, Cassidy. Thank you for joining me as our guest to talk about Digital Detox as part of our Mental Health and well-being series.
1: Thank you for having me, Kimberly. I'm excited.
0: Good. I'm excited too. I'm I'm speaking to a professional basketballer. I'm so excited about that. My boys love basketball. But I really should have started by saying congratulations on uh, being awarded Young Professional of the Year in this year's Bendigo Business Excellence Awards.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it was definitely a shock. I think just being nominated first was you know, something new and fresh that I've never done before. So it was, it was definitely a learning process for me, but also a great opportunity for me to build the basis of this business in terms of our mission, our purpose, and really like bunkering down on what our values and everything is with the business. So it was a really great experience. And then just to kind of get awarded that in the end, um, if I didn't win it, I would have been really happy for whoever did. But just to be able to win that, it really did, you know, put the cherry on top from where this business has come to and just makes it all worth it, I guess, when you get that little bit of recognition.
0: It is. It's a validation that you are on track, that what you're doing uh, is having an impact and you're going in the right direction but you're so right uh, when you're doing an awards process or application, especially when they're asking those questions. Uh, they do, I suppose, get you to sit and think about your business. Um, because I don't know about you, but sometimes we just start the business and and make it up as we go and and sort of plug in all the different puzzle pieces as we go. Um, and I think the great thing is when you sit down and do an application, and probably one like the Bendigo Business Excellence Awards, it's not a small one. It's quite a a thorough experience it probably helped in the sense that you now have that as a really, really good base for any other awards going forward.
1: Absolutely. And I don't think I really understood the magnitude of the Bendigo Business Awards until the actual awards night. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend I was on a plane at the time the award was announced on my way over to Perth to play some basketball so my partner went up and accepted it for me and he was like do you know there was 700 people there I was like no I had no idea and um, there was only three finalists for our awards as well so I just assumed that it wasn't and but not being a Bendigo local as well and just kind of being adopted into the community over the last few years, I yeah, definitely didn't understand the magnitude of it. And, you know, the relationships you make with other businesses, too, is just inexpensible. So this was, yeah, a great experience. And, yeah, I couldn't believe that there was this many people involved and the amount of people we've been able to reach out to as well has been great.
0: I mean, that was probably one of my questions. First of all, where were you on the night? Um, What else was more important? (laughs) And I say that with jest because I was uh, among those 700 people uh, and it was incredible uh, to have so many people in the Bendigo business community uh, in the one space and to be able to dress up and um, Red Energy Arena was just the perfect venue for that yeah in terms of of what's happened after the award like have you seen um, an increase in business or, or just even you know building out your connections
1: it's been absolutely crazy and I'm not sure if it's just because other things in my life are crazy as well at this time of the year like everyone's lives it's you know getting closer to Christmas and holidays and whatever, life's just crazy. But in terms of the business, it really has ramped up. We've actually hired three or four new employees slash athletes. And so I guess the the more we talk about the business, the more people understand what I mean by athletes. Yeah, we've had to employ a lot of New people to come on board and help us and kind of help carry that load, but also to get our message out as well and that's our point of our business is being able to support female athletes as best as we can so the more athletes we're supporting it means the more businesses that we're working with and connecting with and you know part of our business as well isn't just about providing social media services for small businesses it's actually being that bridge between that small business and the female athlete too so I guess the bigger we get, the better it is for our athletes and also for our clients that are getting that, you know, support in social media and the satisfaction of supporting female athletes as well.
0: It is incredible. i actually came across uh, Sporting Chance Collective. Uh, When you first launched, I had someone uh, forward it to me and say, oh my God, look at this, look what these, you know, young athletes are doing. Uh, And especially because it is connected back to supporting a female athlete. I think it's it's genius. Do you want to take me back to, to you being an athlete? How did you get into basketball? Because I was obviously doing a little stalk, Cassidy. Um, you've been in it for so long at such a high level and and used to juggling uh, different priorities as well.
1: Yeah, well, I think it was born into me. My Both my parents played high level basketball with my dad playing in the NBL back in the day for the Newcastle Falcons and I have two older siblings and a younger sibling as well that played and I kind of got into it I think at the age of four, I started playing in the under-10s competition. So, you know, with people that were 10 years old, I was playing at four just because that was my sibling's age group, my older sibling's age group, and my mum didn't want to take me on a separate day for my proper age group. (laughs) Um, So I just joined in then, and I think it's built a lot of character, you know, (laughs) getting this far and um, always being that smaller or younger player back in the day you know i pay tribute to helping me in the long run and yeah just kind of going through the junior ranks back in newcastle i uh, played all my juniors there up until under 18s i played for the new south wales state teams i was fortunate enough to play for the under 17s australian team that went over to spain and we actually won the world cup over there and some notable players that were in our team like Ezzie mag Begore, is over playing in the WNBA just got named in the second all defensive team like she's absolutely killing it um, Jasmine Simmons playing in the AFLW now so we've had a few massive names in my age group that I've been fortunate enough to play with and then the opportunity came when I came home as a 17 year old to play my first season in the WNBL with the Sydney Flames and so I juggled that year 11 and year 12 playing WNBL I was fortunate enough to win the WNBL in my first season with the Flames. And then not long after that got a contract to come play in Bendigo and the rest has kind of been history. Played here since two thousand and eighteen. Um had one hiccup along the road with an ACL, so lived at home actually <laughs> for that period in time and then obviously the whole lockdown and COVID put a halt to some things, but previously just played in the Bendigo Braves season in the NBL one where we went undefeated for the whole season in the South competition and then went over to Perth which is why I wasn't at the awards night I was flying over to play in the NBL one national conference finals where we went undefeated again and won the competition so we've recently been named Australian champions and yeah that's kind of where I'm at now and I'm taking a bit of time off over the summer to really bunker down into this business and give it the time that it deserves and to be able to hopefully you know expand a bit more and get into a few different athletes and sports and businesses and really see where it can go.
0: We are also proud uh, of what you've done as a team. It's been so exciting to watch as a community. I'm sure you have sort of felt that, you know, through those home games especially. But in terms of the business, has there been anything from your career as an athlete that you've been able to transfer over?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think if you're playing at a high level in sport, there's certain things about you that must be special or I I always say to people, I could talk to a brick wall, like my conversation. It's, you know, first to me, I don't, I don't have to really think about it at all. I never go prepared into things with speeches or whatever. It's just, yes, second nature to me. Confidence is another thing, just being able to confidently speak to other people or businesses. And, you know, some of the businesses we do deal with at the moment are very big, large, businesses. And it's just not, sometimes it's not easy to communicate with them or, um, you know, the whole high level business chit chat and whatever, it, it sometimes is a bit difficult, but I feel like because I've been brought up in such a competitive environment my whole life, this confidence and uh, just the competitiveness and to talk to these large companies or businesses, it's just really helped me in that way. So The other day I was having a handshake and a chat to the head of Bendigo Bank in this region and some of the surrounding areas and like 5 or 6 years ago i could never imagine doing that like shy little cast probably couldn't even order a coffee at a cafe so the fact that i'm this far down in my career and being able to have these massive conversations and you know we went on the today show we've been in newspapers we've done a lot of things that i could have never expected we could have done but i think just you know back to that personality of being a professional athlete like you have to be able to cope on the court with possibly being told you're not good enough or you need to do things better and just that confrontation as well just being able to take it you you can't really let any sort of crack show on the court or on the field whatever you're doing so i think that kind of carries over to the business world as well having just that thicker skin because <laughs> in social media you, it, it is you know you get a bit of backlash and review and whatever it is from big businesses and yeah, you've got to kind of have that thick skin to kind of make the adjustment and deal with it. So there are, yeah, certain things about being an athlete that I definitely think gives me the leg up in the real world. Um, definitely the business world. So yeah, pay a lot of respect and tribute to yeah, being able to have that experience as an athlete.
0: That is the most incredible skill set that's transferable. Like just that confidence, I think, you know, to talk to anyone and I suppose to close the deal as well. And of course, when it comes across confidently, it's a lot easier to make that sale, to make that transaction. And and I don't want to say convince, you know, uh, the potential client, but to get them over the line and to, you know sort of join what you do, especially because you're a bit of a startup, you know, you probably haven't got a lot of runs on the board. Um, I mean, that confidence would really help. And just like having that
1: point of difference as well, like all female athletes probably have a little bit of a quirky side to them, a little bit of charisma. Like an example I use to tell a lot of people what it's like being on a professional team is we were at an airport one time flying from one state to the other, and we just not that just because we have six foot five female athletes on our team, but we just demanded attention. Like all eyes were on us. We were loud. We were confident walking through the airport and um, people just stared. And I think it's just having that little bit of charisma and quirky side a little bit of a difference that people really get reeled in by and then they just once they hear our stories female athlete stories they just get fascinated by what we do so I really want to use my platform and the business to be able to get that out to potential businesses that can then in turn support us as well so it's almost like just starting that first conversation and then you know reeling them in and then it's you know done deal it's a business
0: then after that and female athletes are having such a moment, aren't they?
1: Oh, it's the Matilda effect. So, yeah, we just got to capitalize on the back of that momentum and, yeah, just, you know, use what we can at the moment while every, it's fresh on everyone's minds. And I, yeah, I always just say to people get to one game, guarantee you watch it and you'll be hooked. And um, fortunately, at one of our games, we had 1,500 people there, like the largest crowd I've played in front of in a very long time. And we're just like, thank God, because there was po- probably people there that have never watched a game and they've got there and now hopefully they buy a membership next season. So that's the sort of platform, that's the sort of thing we want to get out there from our business's point of view
0: you look after primarily social media. There's obviously a lot of other little um, services that you offer. How did that come about and why social media as that main service?
1: I actually didn't create the business. Um, I currently do own it and direct it, but back in, I think it's 2019, just before COVID hit, two local businesswomen from Newcastle um, actually created the business and didn't have an athlete yet to take it off the ground. So I was actually just coaching. This was the year I had done my ACL, so I reverted to coaching to try to stay involved with the sport and coached one of their daughters. And they approached me and kind of like I was saying before, they were hooked by how charismatic I was, how, you know, personable and impressionable I was on. The kids and the parents that were watching. And so they approached me and gave me this business offer to sign on with them as an athlete and manage some social media and earn a second income while I'm playing. So the idea around the business was to create a flexible way for athletes to earn a second income while they're playing because technically all you need is your laptop. We had an athlete the other day doing. Her uh, coordination of the social media pages over in uh, South Korea, I think it was. (laughs) And then like the next week she was in Mildura. So that's that's what the purpose of the business was made for. And the social media side of things came about, not just because it was flexible, but one of these uh, business ladies actually owned a marketing company. So we're still backed by that marketing company, I've just kind of got the head of it and running with it at the moment. Um, we do all our formal training with that marketing company as well, just to make sure we are hitting the nail on the head with the social media side of things. So that's kind of how social media came into the idea and then pairing that with flexible way to earn an income and supporting female athletes. So putting that all together and that's Sporting Chance Collective in a nutshell really.
0: And that's the thing with social media, it's moving all the time. You sort of always need to keep up. Uh, sometimes there's new platforms or new features uh, and especially for business owners, it's, it's really hard for them to, you know, add something else onto the list. You're only 24, blows my mind because um, of just how much you've achieved in that time, how confident you are, all these skills and you're running a small business. In terms of the social media though, like you're probably really comfortable in that space being a 24-year-old
1: yeah, I'd like to use it to my advantage. Um, but yeah, definitely some things that I am learning on the job, like when TikTok got introduced and it's like, oh my gosh, what what's this new platform? And why is it, why are people getting famous off TikTok? And what do we need to do to get that, get that notoriety? So yeah, always just trying to stay up with the trends as much as I can, but obviously growing up with, social media and using that to my advantage in terms of you know you you may target the businesses that are you know don't have great social media presence at the moment or uh, they don't they, ha- they, they haven't grown up with social media in their generation so there's a little bit of you know targeting business opportunity there but yeah trying to stay on top with the trends and doing as much training as we can and pushing back on that marketing company that we do have backing us as well as much as we can and they're really good with sending us through you know education advice or you know updates with Google or updates with Facebook what's what's the go so we just kind of use that and run with it and obviously there's chances for training and you know doing extra courses and currently at the moment like I don't have a social media degree or anything I'm studying speech pathology like go figure and (laughs) back I look back to when I decided to start studying and I just think oh I wish I went into business or marketing at the start but I'm this deep in that I'm like I've just got to finish it now (laughs) and I look back at when I when I started and like I give some examples to my new athletes because they're a bit anxious about starting and what they're Their content they're creating I'm like just go back a few a few years in our diary and just look at what I made I was like it's it's horrendous (laughs) I was like I've come so far in my five years of five or six years working with the business that it's just repetition and you know I may have to give a few harsh reviews to them because we do have a checking system and a review system just to make sure it is all quality content and you know that's how you learn it is on the job and on the fly and that's just social media one day it's this trend and the next week it's this trend and who knows <laughs> you just got to keep up but like I said to a few people like once you get that university degree you can pretty much master in anything so if I want to keep yeah if I want to keep my education going I'm just gonna master's degree in business and marketing or something like that but by that time I would have had the business for 10 years might be a bit late to get a degree
0: (laughs) you're probably learning so much on the job Cassidy that's the other thing I mean by the time you get through you know the first couple of years of your business you'll have ticked that business degree off anyway just in terms of um social media though as a business owner it can gift you the best things sometimes uh But then there's the other side of it where it's just all-consuming. So obviously you're fighting against the algorithm, Um, you know, you're looking for that dopamine effect of the likes, the comments, the shares, and sometimes you're judging your success based on how many engagements you get on that. It's important for business owners to take some time offline, to not be so connected. Uh, have you got some tips around that? Uh, you're dealing with social media management, not only from a business owner perspective, but looking after other people's. How do you manage all that? Do you take time out?
1: Oh, I, I honestly was just telling someone today that when you're a business owner, you work seven days a week. You don't really get much time out, but there are times you can find, you know, I can find a bit of me time in there. And um, I think, like it kind of correlates back with what I was saying with being, you know, mentally tough because as an athlete, because we, you know, face a bit more adversity and like if we're not performing or, you know, we get told that we get told if we're not performing in sports. So kind of in the field I'm working with at the moment. And, you know, we do get, you know, every social media agency would get backlash from their client. And it's not, it's not like, in a bad way, there's like, oh, I don't think this post worked or I didn't like this or reword this. Like it's it's not never, we've never had horrendous negative, negative feedback. <laughs> it's all constructive. Um, but I think just having that thicker skin from a sporting side of things is kind of carried over into the business side. So when I do get feedback, it's like, right, let me fix it. Let me get it back to you. And that's kind of what we do as athletes. It's okay, that's not working. What do I need to work on? to get better and then you come back and see if it's working. So it's kind of, there's some sort of correlation there between the two, I think you know, you just, you just have to have a break. There's not, there's, there has to be a given for it. And um, thankfully with how we do things, we can work well in advance and get a lot of things scheduled. So if you do want to have that break or that day where it's just, you know, it's just me and my dog or, you know, I'm going for a walk, I'm going to the beach, whatever it is. Um, you can allow yourself to have that because a lot of the time with our business, I tell the athletes, you know, if you've got a tournament coming up, make sure your content's done for that tournament so you're not working through it and you can just focus on focus on the sport, focus on the basketball or whatever a sport it is. So like to to be able to have a break, we're, we've actually started half the reason why we're employing a few more athletes is to spread the load around a little bit and, you know, we can focus on other things and maybe potentially building the business up a bit more. But as a business owner, yeah, I don't really think there's much time off you can get. <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely a full-time job or more than a full-time job at the moment. But it honestly is so similar to sport. You know, you look back at your statistics and judge your stats from how how you've played and performed. And, you know, if I don't get this certain amount of likes on this post, it's like, okay, I've performed poorly or that's there's some sort of, yeah, relationship between the two. So sometimes our social media may be a bit up and down in terms of you know quality of content but we're we're you know going to bite that bullet so we can actually train our athletes up. So when they do get a big business that you know pays their you know monthly fee or whatever it is that they're so good at it and you know they can just rock into it with confidence and they don't have to be anxious or worry about negative feedback that they're prepared and ready to do that. So I guess when I talk about my business's social media, individually, particularly, I'm not too like, yes, I'm stressed about it, but I also am very aware that it's used as a training tool at the moment.
0: That is so good. Like it's game day, like your clients are game day and obviously, yeah, the, the business account is, is training. So good.
1: Yeah. And I think, If we kind of express that to our followers and the audience that, you know, you know, our social media is this training tool that they'll be like, that's actually really cool. Like, I haven't just got a new trainee doing my social media. Like the business is not saying like, oh, they've just thrown any athlete on that, not got it, not got any training. It's like, no, there is a process. And like, we're not, we don't want to set our athletes up for failure. So that's the reason why we do that. But then there also is on the flip side you know if we're not getting our clients social media um stats or performance and we do track that and we relay it to our clients so sometimes and social media is so up and down so sometimes we do have to have a little bit of a tough conversation and put my big girl pants on and be like oh well we didn't perform too well this month um maybe this is the reason why and maybe this is these are my suggestions, this is the direction we should go in. So there are some tough conversations we do have to have, but, you know, we've got such a great relationship with all our clients that there's never that sort of, you know, negative tension between us and them. So we're very grateful to have great clients and, yeah, I think if we just keep going with that sort of training and then, you know, upskilling them and then they're, you know, released into the real world of business and social media, then (laughs) that's the way we've got to do it.
0: It's a really good game plan you have there, Cassidy. I was just, having done social media for such a long time, uh, for my own business as well, I've found even having a personal account and just finding the fun of of posting again, uh, because obviously when you have a business, it's it's curated. Okay, you you're talking a specific way. You're trying to put those call to actions in using the right hashtags. Um, you know, getting that that perfect photo to to stop someone in their scroll. And I think you get so caught up in the mechanics of it that I've found having my own personal account has just brought the fun back. Of just posting, taking a photo, and just letting it out into the world. And hey, it might not even have hashtags. It literally might be just a couple of words. Or I look at my older two boys, um, you know, and I'll be like, okay, so they're only doing you know this emoji and then that word. I'll see if that works for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sticking with the trends. Good job. <laughs> um, with my, I'm actually quite private in my personal account. It, it, it is a and. It's not a private account, but I don't post as much as, you know, your typical business would. And I think it, I think it, that does stem from just posting so much and looking at social media through the lens of other businesses that it, it's probably done the opposite effect of me. I don't sit on social media a lot for my own gain. <laughs> so that's probably where I do get most of my social media detox from is just I look at it through a business lens that when it comes to I can can sit down, I'm not going to sit there and scroll through Instagram or TikTok or whatever. So I think, yeah, I think I've kind of gone the flip side of things, but I do like, I still post, like if I go to an event, I'll post something or, you know, keep, keep, keep the audience updated a little bit but, yeah, I'm kind of on that more private side of my own social media. And I think as I get older and, you know, becoming more, that's probably just the immaturity in me a little bit, um, not completely embracing the that I'm a businesswoman sort of role and I should have, you know, a business-looking social media. And so I think as I get older and the more I understand this whole landscape of business and social media, uh, the more I'll get involved. Like I didn't realize how big of a deal LinkedIn was, how, you know, available and, you know, in tune on LinkedIn you need to be. And I was like, oh, this is this is wild. I've never heard of LinkedIn before. I thought it was just Facebook, Instagram and, you know, the usual social media pages. But no, LinkedIn is a whole different world that, you know, I'm still learning about, but <laughs> it is wild.
0: LinkedIn's amazing. I think back in the day LinkedIn was something that you would use to find a job, and if you were on LinkedIn, well, everyone knew you were looking, you know, for a new role. It's so different now. It's definitely about building that brand personality, and I think is it when you talk about, you know, being a businesswoman, I think LinkedIn is where you would be that. That's where you, you know, you add your your expertise um, that you share when you're at an event or, you know, a piece of content that's done well and maybe give some insights and, and just build those uh, connections. And also the other great thing about LinkedIn is that you've got Facebook and Instagram in terms of their feeds, they're just, they're full, you know, there's not a lot of room for new content, whereas LinkedIn there actually is. And I think one of the stats is that only about between 1% to 3% of LinkedIn users actually post content. So there is just this massive um, availability to, to get in there and, and create content and have your, you know, your voice, your brand, um, your expertise seen in the feed by so many more people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the next step for me as a businesswoman is building that up and, you know, using the confidence that I do have to reach out to those potential businesses and other like-minded business people. And, you know, a little bit of our profile that we've already built has been able to like connect me to these business people and like-minded businesses. Like we've got a few female athlete driven businesses already that don't venture in the field of social media. They do other things that we've been able to have these brilliant partnerships with. And that's just purely through, you know, a little bit of the Landscape that I do have on LinkedIn, otherwise, <laughs> definitely <laughs> needs improvements. So, I might get you to write me down some dot points. <laughs> uh, just thinking. Um, but, you know, that, yeah, so many more opportunities for us as a business to be able to build on. And I think just being so young and um, so new to the game, that, you know, there's so many steps we can take, but they're huge steps. And, yeah, we're going in the right direction.
0: Yeah, you are. And that's the thing. There are so many platforms. And and maybe when we talk about digital detox, it's very hard to switch off completely. And I suppose that's where, you know, someone comes in that can manage your social media. Like, you know, obviously you guys can take care of that. So that gives you back a little bit more of free time as a business owner. Even setting aside time where you're creating content. So you're specifically on that platform just to create the content. I'm just gonna post. Answer all the comments. Um, I'm going to update my messaging so that if anyone, you know, gets in touch after 7 p.m., well, you know, they get an automated message to say that, you know, look, we're in quiet time. We'll get back to you tomorrow morning or within 48 hours. I think that's probably one of the best things that I've seen Instagram um, implement recently, and that is that whole quiet mode that you can switch your business account into quiet mode. Um, it's something that I probably need to do more often, but I have dm to brand and it just comes back that they're in quiet mode. Um, or even text messages. I have someone that I text message and it'll just come back that, you know, her name has silence notifications. It's just that less distraction. So you're really focusing obviously on that task that you're within. But also I'd, I'd look at LinkedIn as my networking time. So, okay, look, I'm not going to an event this week. Let's sit down on LinkedIn and do a little bit of networking. So, liking some things, making some new connections, uh, you know, and, and building that community there in terms of business. Trying to separate business from personal as much as you know you really can, because small business owner it just bleeds into each other.
1: Yeah, that's that's where I am at the moment. <laughs> but I think that's why, like, the whole reason why I am taking this summer off basketball and. Fortunately, being 24, I can always go back to that, but I feel like as a business owner and where we're at at the moment on the back of winning this award and um, being so involved with the community at the moment, I I just want to capitalise on that. And so taking that time off basketball, and just being able to focus on this business will just be so amazing and so refreshing for me to be able to actually do those things. Where at the moment I could be on a holiday and I'd have to bring my laptop or I'd be on my phone, you know, worrying about what's going on, like I need to do things, like what's on my list to do, like what if clients send an email through and I have to get it done now. Like it it really does consume you if you don't have that separation and when you do have that awareness and you can make that change. I think it's a really like, I don't know, like validating feeling or refreshing feeling to be able to do that. And I, like I said before, I study as well and I'm about to finish up for the year and, oh, my gosh, I cannot wait for that. (laughs) It Just being able to, you know, I work a full-time job as well, coming home from my other job and being able to sit down and not be like, okay, what essay do I have to write tonight? I have to go to training tonight or it's like I can come home, sit down, do a little bit of my work if I've got time set aside or I can just do normal people things. (laughs) I always say like people like, what are you going to do over the summer now that you're not playing? And I'm like, oh, just normal people stuff. You know, what everyone else gets to enjoy that I don't (laughs) because I'm inside a basketball stadium 95% of the time.
0: Well, that 95% of the time I have a feeling is about to be uh, filled up with your business. Uh, <laughs> so make sure you still carve out some time, but um, because I think you're so right, leverage the time that you have at the moment, uh, especially off the back of that award.
1: Yeah. And, you know, bi- using this spare time that I do have the business for the business is completely fine because I'm so like at the start of this business, I was like, oh yeah, I'll just do it because it's a bit of extra income and, I don't, I can't pinpoint the exact time when it kind of switched where I really was invested in it and I wanted to see it succeed. Like it definitely was before I took over. Um, I think it was in COVID where, you know, things got a bit crazy with everyone else's businesses and I kind of didn't really have anything else to do. So I just pulled along with the business and um, got it through that time. And I think that's when I was like, this is a really great business. Like, I could really do some cool stuff with this. And I think ever since then, I've just been so invested that, you know, I want to spend time on it to get better. Like I want to be full-time with my business. I don't want to have another job. I don't want to be, you know, worrying about, you know, all this, where I'm going to pay my next bill or like, you know, having an extra set of income from a full-time job. Like I want this to be my full-time job and we're definitely well on the way to doing that. And I think just being so young, as a business, you know, we're not far from that. And, yeah, I just hope that, you know, doing podcasts like this and winning awards um, like we just have really put us, you know, in the right direction to be able to achieve that.
0: Oh, it has, and I mean that was actually going to be my question. Like you've said that you're studying speech pathology, um, you've got the business. Which one is yeah, you know, really drawing you in at the moment? Like if you were to, if I was to ask you, you know, where do you see yourself in five years' time? What do you think your answer would be?
1: Oh, it's a tough one because they're obviously completely different. (laughs) Other than maybe in five years' time, if I've got my own speech pathology business, I'd be really good at the social media side of things. Uh, um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but I definitely see myself still in business and it's almost like having this degree is a bit of a backup plan. And I, w- I want to see this business completely run by athletes and I'm kind of just there on the side managing it and, um, you know, I want to be doing more of the partnerships I want to be do. I want to be talking to these athletes and these businesses and setting up these great relationships between athlete and business and I feel like I could also do that while working as a speech pathologist speech pathologists are very sought after at the moment (laughs) so wherever I work or whatever um, setting I work in as a speech pathologist, I would definitely have the power to be able to call the shots and be like, you know what? I'm only going to be a part-time speech pathologist and work you know three days and then you know the rest of the time is focused on this business. But like I said before, I want this to be run by athletes, you know, maybe in a little bit like in a few couple of years time, you're having this conversation with an athlete that's just started out with this back in the day that has built their own platform up to be able to run this business. Um, so I think just keep persevering with both and kind of seeing where it can take me. And we, we spoke about it earlier, just being able to juggle so many things that I don't see that there's a reason why I couldn't do both. It's kind of what I have done since I've played competitive sport, really, just being able to balance. It's almost like playing sport and going to school at the same time. I, I don't know how to not be busy, so I feel like I'll just make it, make it my mission to <laughs> do both and yeah not let any get you know get left behind.
0: Cassidy, if anyone could do it, it's you. I've been asking our guests just one question. If you had an ask, what would it be?
1: Obviously being a female athlete in a sport that doesn't quite get paid, a livable wage when I say not a livable wage it's literally not enough to pay my rent or my or my mortgage so it's it's pretty yeah deflating playing a sport and committing so much time to just earn minimum wage as a career and be expected to be full-time athletes. So on that side, I would say equal pay or just better pay. I feel like as a sport, particularly in basketball, we've set such a low standard of what minimum wage should be. Like the AFLW in their first year of having a minimum wage, they just came out and said, bang, $48,000 for 10 games. It's like, that's great. Like, they should be paid $48,000 for 10 games. It's just as a basketball and other sports where it's like, oh, hey, you can't pay them that much. We don't get paid that much. It's like, no, they had the guts to actually just go, we're setting the bar high. Where at basketball at the moment, it's 20,000. Last year it was 15,000. We've just set such a low standard because we don't, as female athletes, we don't want equal pay. We just want pay that represents the work we contribute to what we do so pretty much a day for us would be like 7 a.m till 5 p.m would you be expected to do that all year for twenty thousand dollars like just those hours you would not in any job you would get paid more than twenty thousand dollars for seven to five you know maybe one day we'll have equal pay but i just yeah for what we put in we deserve more And then from the business side of the spectrum, my goal would be to be able to have all our athletes that we have on board working for us. And this is on my vision board at the moment and it is probably one of the top goals I want because it would just be really cool, is to be sponsored by a massive, you know, brand, whether it's like Nike, you know, Sporting Chance Collective by Nike would be just awesome. But I think at the moment we may have to work on that. (laughs) It's definitely a far in the future thing. And, you know, maybe to have that happen is we land a big business or we land a big athlete that kind of puts us, you know, on their radar a little bit, and it probably won't be Nike, but, (laughs) you know, a girl can dream. (laughs) Um,
0: At the end of the day, it's anyone with money, isn't it, Cassidy, that is happy to put their money behind it?
1: Absolutely. And like I said before, I could talk to a brick wall, like if I had to try swindle or convince someone to give, to invest in us, particularly like a corporation like Nike, where it's like, don't you want to support your female athletes? <laughs> and I think, yeah, so I've kind of got to asks, and I don't think I've ever been asked that question before. So that really had me stumped a little bit, but I definitely think, yeah, as a business, I just want to, I want to have businesses invest in us as much as they can and just being able to walk out of the out of the office and, you know, you've got your branded gear on and that would be just so cool. And then yeah, just being paid paid for the work we do.
0: They are such two great asks. I don't think you're asking a lot, especially the first one is a very necessary ask. And um, yeah, we just need to do better. We just need to pay better, sort of full stop there. But I suppose the asked in a way, it it is a vision board thing. You know, what's that big goal? What do you want to achieve? And, you know, maybe they're just, I mean, you've got one of them written up on your vision board, uh, which I'm not sure if our listeners have just written that down as a little tip, get a vision board like Cassidy. I want to just say, Thank you so much for being a guest. You are an absolute powerhouse at uh, 24 and the Young Professional of the Year Award is just the start for you. I cannot wait to see what you do off the court because if it's anything like what you've been doing on the court for pretty much your entire life, it is going to be phenomenal Thank you so much for looking after female athletes, for creating, you know, a space for them, creating a platform for them to to be able to earn and, and have something to look forward to um, after a sporting career as well, especially as a female.
1: Thank you so much for having me. That was a great chat and I really enjoyed it. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please let us know by leaving a review via our socials or connecting with us online at bbendigo.com.au.